0: hello friends and welcome to episode 50 of did you bring the hummus podcast i'm kimberly your host and i'm super excited to be here with you today did You Bring the Hummus as a podcast to help you go vegan. This season, I'm sharing new episodes every Monday discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? In recent episodes, I've talked about my coaching program, but I also offer workshops sometimes too. My next workshop, An Intro to Veganism, is on Thursday, May 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time via Zoom. The workshop is free and a recording will be shared with all those who sign up, but you do have to register. You can find the link in the show notes. I wanted to do something a little different and special for episode 50, so I sat down with my husband to talk about the podcast, veganism, TV shows, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Pop-Tarts, Relationships, The Journey of Going Vegan, What Does It Mean to Be Manly, Mother's Day, and some other things. We have a good time with this one, and I'm sure you will too. But before we get to that, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing, for sharing episodes that you find meaningful with people who you know will enjoy it too for taking a chance on a lady who just loves to talk about veganism. I'm excited to see where the next 50 episodes lead me, and I am so honored to have you along for the ride. All right, we're recording. Hi, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy to have made it upstairs to the (laughs) studio. Tell you the commute was hell.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But 50 episodes, huh? Already. I know. Can wow. you believe it? I I, I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was and uh, it's surprising to me because I when I first started this project, I didn't uh, even think I wanted to do a podcast. I didn't listen to other podcasts. And uh, so when this project showed up for Toastmasters. At first, I wasn't gonna do it, and because it seemed like a lot of work, <laughs> more than like giving a speech, right? Because I had to do sixty minutes of content and put it where people would hear it, like strangers and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's scary. <laughs> I get that. I mean, I've barely ever put out, you know, a couple of minutes worth of music, you know, and that's over the course of twenty years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I totally understand just putting yourself out there. By the way, I should clarify that I can absolutely believe it, that you've made it to 50, (laughs) because when you put your mind to something, you know, you get it done. So, um, but it has gone quickly.
0: It has, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it started in September of 2020, which was not an easy month for us. I started just doing that. Well, you joined me for a couple, and then most Mm -hmm. of them were just me, and then I kind of faded out, and there's actually a thing called pod fade, where people... Mm -hmm you know, they start to do podcasts, they're not really prepared. And uh, they just run out of steam because it's a lot of work to make this sound listenable. Yeah. You know, all the editing and when you have a lot of filler words, you got to take stuff out, but make sure it sounds natural and then lining up the music and doing the intros. And and so it's it's a lot more than just having a conversation. Yeah. And it can be a lot. But, you know, I started having guests and the, every single guest I've had has been super interesting. And it's pretty incredible that we all make it to being vegan from so many different paths. And
1: I don't know, it's just pretty awesome. And they're all really interesting stories about how people, you know, get there. And I think that's part of why, you know, you don't really ever run out of things to talk about because mm-hmm. everyone's story is so different. And also, I think, you know, something that... um you know, I can vouch for knowing you behind the scenes um, (laughs) is that, you know, the person you are in your podcast is the person you are, you know, so the enthusiasm that you have for, uh, you know, this topic, you know, the topic of veganism, but the, you know, the smaller stories that go into, you know, everyone's vegan journey um, truly are interesting to you and you really want to talk to people. You love talking to people, Mm -hmm. you know, so for you, I I, I don't think pod fade you know will ever be a thing because <laughs> it's just something that you truly love doing and you know it's e- it, I, I, it's not easy but it's you know it comes easy to you yeah because you just love talking to people and you love having those conversations
0: i do i love talking to people and i love talking about veganism mm-hmm. <laughs> so any chance i get and then you know there's so many people doing really incredible things in the vegan vegan movement and even people who think that they aren't activists or don't identify as activists like we're all this is my activism this is part of it having a podcast that people hopefully will find and be like "Huh, that sounds interesting and listen and maybe they'll hear a story that inspires them and yeah. then they'll join and yeah. they'll be vegan too. join like it's some <laughs> club but i mean it's the coolest club
1: yeah it's <laughs> a family of sorts it feels like you yeah. know or you know it it certainly feels like a community and uh and I think for anybody listening that's just trying to go vegan or, you know, they are vegan, but maybe they don't feel like they're important, like just being vegan is extremely important, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so you absolutely matter. Every single person that makes that decision is doing something important every single day, Yeah. you know, so people shouldn't <laughs> forget that, you know, it's for it's sure. not, it's not just about, you know, the food you eat and, and, you know, the, the more broadly discussed Mm-hmm. parts of veganism. It's everything. It goes into every decision you make, you know, Yeah. down to when I see a bug in my house, you know, I'm, I'm picking it up and I'm bringing it outside. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not just going to swat it, you right. know, or anything. And it's little stuff like that. It's not just the fact that I don't eat hamburgers, mm-hmm. you know, Um, it's the clothes we buy. It's, it's our, and and I know even for me, like, and I'm sure I know the same is true for you, but even the way that i i see other people now is different too just you know through all the years of having these kinds of issues be more at the forefront mm-hmm. of your mind you you kind of start seeing the world differently yeah and that includes people too you know and so wherever you are in your journey however you think you're in, however big you think your impact is it it is big yeah so
0: yeah i agree and i i love that you're talking about how it's It's so much more than like all the stuff that people are regularly talking about. Like we even had a conversation earlier today, right in the car, Mm -hmm. talking about television. Right. And um, there was a TV show, you know, given the background for the listeners, there was a TV show that you and I had been watching. We were really enjoying it. It was super funny. It felt relatable. And then there was a scene in that show where somebody left the door open. The dog got out, was hit by a car and killed. And they made a joke out of it. And it was... Like fodder for comedy, and we stopped watching it.
1: And I and I wonder uh, now that you're asking that question, I wonder if they ever addressed it again. I don't know. It just you know, it, the way it was it was done in the show. It, it's hard to explain. It just it felt it felt like our time watching that show had come to an end. Yes, <laughs> like, yes it did. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And and what we were talking about in the car today, you know, was that similarly, you can have situations. That are, you know, like that in other shows, but it doesn't, you know, have the same, you don't have the same reaction to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we discussed the way that we felt the, how did I put it? I put it in the car that the way that it was in one show, like it, it sort of gave me um, an insight into the type of person mm-hmm. I thought that the people who wrote it, you right. know, the type of people that I thought they were. And again, this is just my speculation. I could be totally wrong on that part of being human it's part of the beautiful part of being human is Mm -hmm. being wrong sometimes but um you know it's just it i think it's on a case-by-case basis you know where you just try to feel out the vibe the implication of of a joke or something like that you know and yeah uh, and uh as i often do i forget where the point you know of where we started this was (laughs) well i think (laughs) (laughs) with the
0: show we stopped watching Mm -hmm. it felt so much like The dog was just like a thing, almost like in shows where a kid breaks a a vase, a vase that's like important to somebody. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, you're like, oh, no. And then it's like, eh, it's just a vase, like whatever. And it felt very much like that was the thing with the dog. Like, oh, shit, the dog got out. Up, oh, dog's dead, and isn't this hilarious? And right. it, it, there was like constant in that same episode where they've discovered that the dog was hit and killed. They're making jokes about the dog being hit and killed, and that is what turned us off. I remember right. like just being appalled yeah. at the treatment of that.
1: A lot of times when some kind of you know quote joke is made like that in a show, it is done to be you know shocking Mm -hmm. and and in a way it's almost like pointing out that things happening to animals are terrible and shocking so it's kind of you're going okay i I think this person might actually feel the same way i do about animals you know Mm -hmm. because they're using it because all of us should be sad that this happened right and it just didn't feel like that in the other show it you know yeah it It felt cold it did it felt very cold yeah and uh you know yeah just um
0: Well, there's plenty of TV out there, so... That's true. We found found things to replace that show with, Mm -hmm. and we haven't missed it. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... um, It's one of the reasons why I always say that I think veganism is not just the best thing I've ever done. It's the most meaningful and the most powerful thing Mm -hmm. I've ever done, because it literally is like every decision and and micro decision and macro decision I make in my life is completely around that. Mm-hmm. And and you know that was something else that we talked about earlier was that because that is like the basis of my values and who I am when uh, when I discover that something is not it's either no longer in alignment with who I am and those values or it has become, or Mm -hmm. I've, I've now, I'm now aware that it's out of alignment that I can just be like, all right, we're done. Yeah. I'll find a new product. I'll find a new TV show. I'll find a new company to buy XYZ from. Mm -hmm. It's, it really is so easy for me to just be like, Oh, and and part of it, I think, too, is that there are a lot more options out there now.
1: Yeah. so It's much easier to just switch a brand now and, and go with something else, you know, if you find out information that makes you want to do something different. But that's also part of, you know, like even if there aren't a ton of more options, that's I mean, it's part of what you're deciding to do. Yeah. You know, it, it comes with the sacrifice, you know, it is a sacrifice. Yeah. And um, maybe not the, the greatest sacrifice ever, especially nowadays with all the... The different options that are out there, you know, maybe the social sacrifice might even be more of a big thing because mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of feelings tied around how people think other right. people will see them. I know certainly me as a man, especially like felt that way when I first went vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh but, you know, you're, you're giving something up and sometimes it sucks to give things up, you know, yeah. if it's something you loved and you find out that there's something not good about it. Mm-hmm it's life you know (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and yeah sometimes you just don't you just can't have that thing anymore like um i'll use a really simple example and i do want to get back to the whole manly thing and veganism i Mm -hmm. know we've had to talk about it before but i want to see how you're feeling about it these days Mm -hmm. uh so for example like uh one thing that i used to love before i went vegetarian even were pop tarts Mm -hmm. But all the good Pop-Tarts have frosting on them, especially the brown cinnamon ones, which were always my favorite. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like an old lady, or like right from the start. (laughs) But anyway. um, (laughs) So all of the icing for Pop-Tarts has gelatin in it. So Mm -hmm. even once I was vegetarian, I couldn't eat Mm Pop-Tarts. And then I found a brand... Nature's Path, I think. And they're vegetarian. So there's still milk in the icing. But I I was able to have like a form of a Pop-Tart again. Mm -hmm. And that was super exciting because who doesn't love cardboard covered (laughs) in like crunchy sweetness. I don't know why we love Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I don't know why people love Pop-Tarts, but we do. But then once I went vegan, like there were no more Pop-Tart options. Like I'd have to figure out how to make them on my own. And I'm not there yet. But another thing, and this now there is an option, was like, remember all the Reese's peanut butter cups I used to eat as a mm-hmm. vegetarian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really love that, that combination. That we
1: used to eat as a- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, you ate yeah. a lot of
1: them too. <laughs> I I enjoy myself a, a peanut butter cup. Well, I used to enjoy myself a peanut butter cup. I should say
0: yeah, the combo of peanut butter and chocolate is just pure perfection. Mm-hmm. And and even the cheap chocolate in a peanut butter cup, mm-hmm. still I don't know. There's something about it. So anyway, well,
1: because I've you know I've had many vegan peanut butter cups since then, and. I mean, nothing still tastes like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Right. So the nostalgia factor is always there. Exactly. So the flavor, you can find
0: really tasty vegan peanut butter cups. Oh, way better. They're much better quality. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they don't have that same Mm -hmm. flavor. So you're missing the nostalgia factor. But so when I went vegan, no more Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm -hmm. And- You'd think for someone who ate as many of them as I did, that that would be like, oh my, I can't believe I'm giving this up and how am I never going to eat these again? Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here we are. I haven't had a Reese's peanut butter cup since and I'm okay.
1: Yeah. I'm feeling her now... pulse right now. She's actually, she's fine. <laughs> she's doing fine without the he peanut is butter cups. He literally checking yep. my pulse. <laughs> she's doing just fine. <laughs>
0: but now they've come out with a plant-based version. Of Reese's Peanut Butter mm-hmm. Cups, which good apparently... Thing,
1: good things come to those who wait. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Apparently, you can find them at Rite Aid here in the US. I don't know. I think they're in the UK, too. They're available there, but I don't know hmm. what store. I mean, Tesco's maybe sells them. Um, but but yeah, so now, like, I don't even have to not have that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, like, you know... Anyway, going back to my point is, like, we we let go of things Mm -hmm. because they don't serve us anymore. And when we realize that these things don't serve us because they're not meeting our new or realized values, like it might be hard at first. And some people do have more of an attachment and there's social stigma, there's culture, there's so much emotion, especially tied up in food. But even, you know, A memory I have from my childhood, and I'm like going off on a tangent again, my mom always used Pond's cold cream to take her makeup off. Mm -hmm. And she wore makeup to work every single day. And if we were going somewhere on the weekends, she wore makeup. So it was pretty much five to seven days a week where I would smell Pond's cold cream. Mm -hmm. So when I first started wearing makeup, I would buy Pond's cold cream. I wasn't vegan or vegetarian then, hadn't even started to have those thoughts, Uh, so I would buy that and I, there was this nostalgia and like this connection to my mom and my mom is still alive. I'm realizing this sounds like, oh, is her mom not alive? <laughs> no, my mom is alive and well and very vegan, which is pretty awesome. Um <laughs> but but I I would feel this connection to my mom and like even when I went to college and like I brought the Pond's cold cream with me. Mm-hmm. And and it would conjure up those memories of being a little girl like looking at my mom in the bathroom taking her makeup off. Mm-hmm. But Pond's cold cream ain't vegan. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I like I I stopped using it when I went vegetarian. So there must pro- there's probably like lanolin or something in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I stopped using that. And so even that like strong emotional connection that I have with the the smell of Ponce mm-hmm. cold cream, that feel of how cold it is, like that really takes me back to these moments in my life where I feel like content mm-hmm. and and there's such a connection and you know, but that doesn't work with being vegan. Like I don't want animals to suffer so that I can have a memory come back to me.
1: Right. And I mean, you could look at, you know, going vegan as sort of a, an exciting adventure where, you know, you're creating now new memories for yourself rather than sort of trying to live off nostalgia, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, even if you weren't doing it on purpose, you know, like for, if just say somebody, you know, uses a product and, there's no attachment to it, it's just what they always use. And mm-hmm. then they go vegan and now they're forced to to uh try something different, you know. I mean, that just sounds more interesting to me yeah. than than yeah. just living the rest of my life using the same old thing that I've always used. Mm-hmm. You know, why not switch it up and try yeah. something new and have the added benefit of making the world a better place at <laughs> yeah. the same time, you know?
0: Yeah. It is an adventure. Is. I love it. I mean yeah. you ask any vegan, they're going to a new place, mm-hmm. the first thing that we're doing is we're looking up where are the we're all looking at <laughs> where are the vegan restaurants, right. you know? And then we're not just finding out where the vegan restaurants are. We're checking the menu. Yeah. We're deciding what we're eating. Mm-hmm. We're mapping out a whole itinerary because it is exciting. And mm-hmm. that's just the food piece of it. Right. But it is exciting. And of course, we always want to support vegan businesses wherever we can so that there can be more vegan businesses. Right. And so yeah. that the ones that are here get to keep growing and Mm -hmm. and that we keep having so many options
1: yeah yeah it's a pretty beautiful thing you know we see more of those types of restaurants showing Mm -hmm. up and and maintaining business and you know um just you know it's nice yeah and and it really you know i i i'm thinking now you know to myself like i wonder if you know the the sacrifice part of it was like was an important part that now with all the options you kind of don't have as much of anymore because like mm. there's an alternative to almost anything now. Right. Um, so you could make the decision to go vegan and essentially tomorrow be able to eat almost all the same things. Yeah. You know, some of them might taste closer to what you're used to than others, but, but you, at this point you kind of have that option now. Mm-hmm. Um, so even this idea of there being much of a sacrifice, you know, to your own personal life, I think like I was saying before, it, it would be more of maybe a social thing, depending yeah. on your, your cultural upbringing or mm-hmm. your family and, you know, friends. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Yeah. No, that is that is great. Like if you're used to having, you know, bacon, egg and cheese on a bagel for breakfast, mm-hmm. a cheeseburger for lunch and like chicken fajitas for dinner, there's a vegan option for every single yeah. one of those things. Yep. So. So, yeah, then it comes down to. Are you in a family who's not interested in veganism, mm-hmm. and now you're expected to make multiple meals? Mm-hmm. Are you dating someone who's who doesn't get it, mm-hmm. and now there's like strain in the relationship? Or yeah, um, do you have kids that you're gonna have to fight with about what they're eating? And
1: like, right, yeah, yeah. So. Not to mention when they're not with you, they're off at school or they're off, you know, at a friend's house, and now you don't know what they're eating and mm-hmm. things like that yeah um yeah that's a lot
0: (laughs) it can be yeah yeah Yeah. but i mean at ultimately when you're i think when you're looking at the big picture and Mm -hmm. the reason for going vegan is about the animals and the amount of suffering in the world and not being part of that i think that when you do remember to take that step back and think why am i doing this Mm -hmm. that makes it a lot easier to be like you know what it's fine. Like maybe this relationship was going to end anyway. Yep. Maybe m- me and my kids need to, you know, set some boundaries and they're going to learn something important. They're going to learn what it means to have something you that is meaningful to you mm-hmm. and to do it anyway, no matter what is getting in your way, no matter how life is hard. Right. Like that's a really important lesson for kids to learn, Yeah. you know, and hopefully they join you on your vegan journey. But even if they don't, like they'll see their parent, who made a choice mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to show up in the world differently, and and that they're doing it.
1: Sometimes that might be all it takes for somebody, you know, to have that example or something. Because, like, I honestly believe that probably fifty percent of the people—I mean, that might be—you know, I'm just, I'm just, just making numbers. I'm <laughs> just pulling numbers out of, out of out of air here, but um, you know, I mean, fifty percent of the people out there that aren't vegan could literally just still not be going down that road because they haven't seen the right video. They haven't watched the right documentary. They haven't talked to the right people, Mm -hmm. you know, and that could make the whole difference. If I had never met you, I probably never Mm. would have gone that way because I hadn't seen enough. I hadn't read about it. I I really just didn't know, you know, like, like you kind of know, but you don't really know. Like I think everybody that eats meat, like they know where it comes from, but I don't think they know everything that goes into it. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that became overwhelming as far as like, how can I continue to do that now that I know all this? You know, yeah. it's kind of like you can't unknow it once right. you know it. So um, it really, sometimes the difference between you and the person next to you is just that you've seen the right things and talked to the right people and mm-hmm. they just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are always going to be people that it doesn't matter, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I think lack of information is a yeah I part think. of it. So. You know, going back to your example of uh, a parent, you know, at least just having that example in your life, I think, gives somebody a greater chance of going vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you know, because, I mean, you were, you've been vegan since, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much, or vegetarian, you know, ever since I've known you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, actually, yes, since I've known you. Since the day we met. Yeah. And uh, I didn't go vegan right away. No. You know, Um, took many years, actually. Mm -hmm. But the example you set is what kept me thinking about it all the time mm. you know because it, it was never you, you you never preached to me about it or right. anything like that you never forced it on me you never you know made me feel badly for not choosing your way you just set a good example and I caught up <laughs> you know <laughs> um, yeah so yeah
0: I feel really lucky in that I was at least vegetarian before most of my serious relationships. Mm-hmm as an adult, uh, because each time I was able to set that boundary of, right, okay, right. like yeah. I'm already, I'm vegetarian, I'm not cooking animals for you. And uh, so don't expect me to buy stuff at the grocery store. Don't expect me to cook you a mm-hmm. steak for dinner. And I, I set that and you know, there were some people where, you know, we would go out on a few dates and I would make that very clear and that would be the last date. Mm. and uh, And others were kind of like, all right, that's fine. You know, I'll cook for myself, and wasn't such a big deal. Um, but yeah, then you know, by the time I met you, you know, we were friends first, mm-hmm. and so I was really showing like there was no, You know how when you first start dating, and you're kind of like, I got to show this person like my best features, mm-hmm. and I want them to know the the good me before mm. they get to know the real me. The and job interview, and, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But the resume, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because we were friends first, mm-hmm. that wasn't so much of a, a concern. Like I knew that we had this connection. Yeah. And and we didn't think right at the beginning, like, you know, we're gonna end up married, you know? And uh, and so I just was honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I oh, really I le- like
1: <laughs> I let myself be my full <laughs> messy self with you. All of the, you know, if anything, more so because we were so close. And, you yeah. know, as friends, I wanted to confide in you. And when I had problems in my life, I told you about it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I knew that when we started <laughs> dating, that you wanted to date me. <laughs> Cause, uh, you know, you had all the information at that point. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it was, you know, so I think that that from the vegan perspective that I was I was like really planting seeds. It, there wasn't a delay. Like it started from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Although even with like I said when I dated other people I'd be like, look, I'm not doing this and and these are my boundaries and and stuff. But I I never really I wasn't always like, hey, watch this documentary or, "Or oh, my God, I just saw this video and it like broke my heart and here's what it was. But like with you, I would just tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so like from the start, there were seeds being planted. Yeah. And I wasn't even really thinking like, huh, I could like marry this guy and maybe one day he'd be vegan. And and it's really I got to say, it's really nice to be <laughs> with someone who's vegan mm-hmm not having to explain everything. Right, yeah. And that's even um when it comes to like looking at at different businesses to work with or you know if I'm thinking about um like from the business perspective, how do I build my podcast? How do I how do I get my coaching out there and people to to listen? Like I'm not just going to go to any coach that does business coaching or does mm-hmm. podcast coaching because I have to spend so much time explaining to them why the veganism piece is the piece why it's so important because right. they don't understand yeah, it yeah yeah so you know you work with a vegan coach and because all of that is like it doesn't have to be spoken yeah and and like we have I mean we you and I had that level of connection anyway where no matter what was going on like we could kind of read each other and mm-hmm. and even when we don't act as if we know what the other person Mm -hmm. needs or wants, like we know what they need or want. Um, And it's with the vegan piece, it's even more, you know, meaningful that like, I don't have to constantly remind you, Mm -hmm. like, don't put that spoon in this because you're eating the same thing as Mm -hmm. me. And yeah, there's no cross contamination, but even, you know, before you went vegan, you just, you respected it so much. Yeah. That even then I didn't have to like explain, but
1: yeah, I think honestly, I I don't even know if when I met you, I knew what the concept of veganism was. Mm. Um, and I think once I, you know, met you and, you know, we were instant friends and I had, and still have a tremendous amount of respect for you. Um, you couple that with then when you kind of explained it to me, it was, it seemed like the type of thing that should be admired. Like <laughs> it, it seemed like a very noble and difficult thing to do, you know? Mm. And so from day one, I think I really respected that about you, you know, and uh, started to learn stuff, right? I still remember <laughs> the one of the first lunches we had sitting and you had quinoa and I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen it. I had never heard of it. <laughs> I didn't know anything about any of that world. And uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, the, whole, the whole thing for me has just been such a nice journey. And, you know, I'm so incredibly thankful that I met you and got to know all of this stuff because I think it's the type of thing that benefits me for the rest of my life mm. from a health standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from just trying to be a better person person for the world, you know, like, I I don't know, I, you know, it doesn't seem like everybody strives for that, but (laughs) I would imagine, you know, most people, that's really what they're striving for is to just try and be a better person every day. And, you know, this is probably the biggest thing I've ever done with my life to achieve that and probably ever will Mm -hmm. as far as the the amount of impact it can have. So I'm super thankful, you know, and have respected you for it from day one. You know, Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I know now, to me that just seemed like the obvious thing to do. It's an admirable thing she's doing. Now that I'm vegan and I know how people feel about it, I totally get that was not always the reaction you got. <laughs> I didn't know that back then, you know, but I get it now.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had I've had people be angry about mm-hmm. you know what I'm doing. They mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that anger really comes from the fact that they're not willing to face it right what yeah. they're contributing to it you know when when you start to tell someone about the suffering mm-hmm. involved in in raising animals for food like they're just they know that they're part of it or they try to convince themselves they're not by saying things like, I only eat free range, I only eat organic, grass-fed, like these things mean anything, you right. know, as far as the suffering goes. And, uh, and or and
1: unfortunately, that's one of those things too. I think a lot of people don't, don't know, you yeah. know, like it's just, you know, or it, it is, it's not for the animals, it's for people mm-hmm. you know, to feel better. Right. And so... Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, off. that's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, but you know, you said something earlier that I want to go back to about this whole idea of like veganism not being manly, hmm. and and how how did you feel about it before? And I know we've talked about it, but I think it's okay for us to talk about it again. Like, how did you feel about it then, and mm-hmm. how do you feel about it now?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. Um, when I when I first went vegan, I I was, you know nervous i guess about mm. it in some ways you know um i'm not a confrontational person really at all and uh and i i literally thought like fights were going to be breaking out because <laughs> i was ordering tofu out in public or something like that um you know come to find out obviously that's not a uh <laughs> that's not the reality of things <laughs> um, for for those of you who don't know me which is presumably everybody (laughs) listening um i'm a bit of a worrier and sometimes uh, overly so so anyway (laughs) Um, but i think you know one thing that's changed is i mean number one i've gotten older and for lack of a better term i give less of a shit about Mm -hmm. what people think about me but also you know the world's going more that way um and i don't know i'm i'm just i'm i'm proud to be that now Mm. you know it it's different, you know, I I was still proud to make the decision back when I did it, but I still cared a lot about what the world thought about it. And now I care more about what it's doing for the world, you know, and, and when you think about it that way, then I never, I never regret it. You know, if anything, it's made me come out of my shell more because now I do walk out into the world every day, not being exactly like everybody else, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm, you know, pretty, boring dude you know like everything else about me doesn't really differentiate me much the world is kind of a just plain place you know as far as everything else so that's it's something about me though that is that I'm super proud of and you know and I think that helps a lot now um you know and you get people on the internet that make fun of people and they think they're like calling people a soy boy like damn right I'm a soy boy I love tofu (laughs) stuff like that you know um i think people think they're being hurtful but a lot of times it just shows their own ignorance about things yeah you know as if as if eating meat is somehow tied with masculinity right it's just the silliest concept uh i don't know where i, I mean we're, this is probably a whole other ken Burns series <laughs> that we would need to discover the the origins of where masculinity came from you know but um how It got tied to that, and how the concept of being kind is not manly. Like, I i don't know, yeah. I, I guess I'm lucky that I came from a family where you know my dad was a pretty compassionate, you know, guy that it was still is, mm-hmm. um, not afraid to show his feelings, you know, and and everyone in my family is kind of like that too. And so, I don't know, I, I just I guess I had good role models that way, you yeah. Know? Um, plus, even if I wanted to keep my emotions to myself it's not happening no so
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think there's this idea that like to be manly or, or masculine is like you had to kill stuff and and like through hunting and fishing or you know i guess you you grill steaks and and i don't know chug beer while you're doing it like how any of that makes you strong or because that, like when you think about how how what are they trying to convey here and Mm -hmm. there it seems like they're trying to convey this like idea of strength and Mm -hmm. power and like so i mean if you need other beings to suffer so that you can feel strong and powerful Mm -hmm. i think that is a whole other conversation that like you probably need to reassess right. like your and life. And honestly, I
1: think, I think in a lot of cases, I, I really would just love to ask somebody that believes that stuff, why? Yeah. Why they think that. And it might be a question they've never been asked. I'm sure. And they might think about it and go, you know what? I have no idea why I attribute that to being yeah. tough and manly. I'd be like, you realize I go out into the world every day 98% of the food I can't eat? <laughs> that sounds tougher to me <laughs> than going hunting. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I know that, tradi- you know, things like that can be in a lot of families traditions and mm-hmm. really ingrained, but, um, and I didn't come from that family. So, you know, it's, it, it's different, obviously, mm-hmm. but I would just love to ask that question to yeah. people like, why do you think that? Right. You know?
0: hmm Yeah, I think it's, as you're saying that, it's, it's a question that I've wanted to ask, not so much anymore, but when I was younger and very staunchly atheist, uh people who are religious mm-hmm. e- even the ones who aren't like in your face religious just like they you know they 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 get married they get married in a church they have kids all the kids get baptized i'm using you know christianity as as kind of just the example here and then they they do all the little things within mm-hmm. that and then they grow and they get married and they get married in a church and the whole cycle starts over again mm-hmm. uh and when you die there's like a whole religious thing happening at the funeral like, I wonder how many of those people go, why do I do this? Mm. Like, do they go to church and do all the rituals and stuff related to that religion because it brings them something? Or right. do they do it because they've never even thought about what would life like be like without this? Right. Or what if this isn't the right one for me? What if there's another religion out there that actually suits me and what I need out of life, what I'm looking for out of life better? Yeah. And I wonder how many people never even question it. They're like, this is the one that I was raised in. And without a thought, they just keep doing the things. And I feel like a lot of times with the way that we eat, the way we interact with the world, like a lot of people aren't stopping to ask questions.
1: Right and yeah and i think you're right that's that's important when yeah. you start asking the questions you know i don't know i feel like i had i had a point <laughs> and uh i lost it that's okay yeah oh i i think i was going to say um the at least on the point of you know religion and asking people and what you thought they they got out of it that kind of um that's a question that for me something like going vegan and and a lot of it's just you know getting older too um But having those kinds of discussions around that stuff, um, I think can really open your mind a lot more to being empathetic. And Mm. I think as soon as I actively tried to work on that, you know, to try and, um, you know, when I would come across a topic, you know, see it sort of really, really try and see it from someone else's point of view, like, which is to say that it's, you know, completely different from, from mine. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to maybe understand things like why some people go to church, you know, like it brings them peace. Just like I have meditative practices that bring me peace. And, and uh, I think, I think my point was really just to just to drive home the idea of if people could maybe just keep themselves open all the time to maybe even if it's an idea that they had about something and they've held that same belief for 20 years, it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it won't change. Right. It doesn't mean it can't change. And we should all consider ourselves to be, learning right forever you know you're never gonna know everything and the way you feel about something now is probably not going to be how you feel about it in 10 years 20 years 30 years doesn't mean you're going to change your opinion but the nuances of the way that you feel about stuff will absolutely change right and uh you know my hope is that more people kind of just keep that open mind to know that they can be wrong um that they're free to change their minds about things they don't have to do everything the exact same way that everyone in their family did Mm -hmm. um And I think, you know, we'll find a lot more people that'll care more about the planet. I think, you know, and because for as many people that are out there now, I think there are a lot of people that aren't thinking long term. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And just, just because I might not be around to see the end of it doesn't mean I don't that I want to contribute to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah.
0: Because I've heard that too. Well, I won't be here. You know, I won't be here when the world ends. I won't be here when climate change Mm -hmm. fully impacts the earth. And the the interesting thing is like, you know, we don't have kids. Right. And we're thinking that way. And and it's not even like, well, we've got nieces and nephews. So we're concerned about what are they going to live in? And yeah, that's a piece of it. But that's not all of it. It's just the earth as a whole. All of its inhabitants, Mm -hmm. all of her inhabitants. What is their future going to look like, even if I'm not here for it? And the people that I hear the most often say things like, well, I won't be here. They have kids. Yeah. Some of them have kids and grandkids. Right. It's like, but those people are going to be here. So, you know, to feel like, well, I'm not going to give up something I love or enjoy so that, you know, the future can be brighter for people that I won't even know. Mm -hmm. We need to start looking at things differently.
1: I wonder if there's some or a lot of the type of thinking where it's like, yeah, that stuff happens in movies. It's not actually going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get why people think that. But, you know, everybody who's ever experienced anything terrible never thought it was going to happen to them until it happened to them. So, (laughs) you know, um, so going through your life thinking that movie stuff can't happen in real life is probably not the best way to go. Right. You know, unless we're talking about Fast and Furious, in which case. (laughs) then you go right ahead uh, and, and just believe that that stuff is make-believe because it is.
0: <laughs> oh, you steal my joy. <laughs> no, nah, it's fun. <fine>.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my honest opinion is they should have stopped after five, but it hasn't stopped me from watching the ones that came after. Um, <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> so tomorrow's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always feel like, how do I want to put this? I did an episode last year about Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't going to do a whole episode, but we're going to touch on it here a little bit. Even though everyone listening to this, it'll be after Mother's Day here in the US. Sorry. There are mothers all over the world Mm -hmm. who are forced into having babies and then. Are immediate those babies are immediately taken from them, and so that their milk can be used for humans. And yeah, you know, cows obviously, but people drink goat milk too, so it's mm-hmm. it's not just cows. And and like thinking about the cows and and they you know when they have boys they're often either discarded immediately. And that's the word they use because God forbid, these babies are are seen as, you know, beings with an interest in living. Right. Um, and if they're girls, then, or I should say, if they're male, they're, you know, uh, either discarded or they're raised for veal. And by raised, I mean, they get to live a couple of mm-hmm. extra months, right? and if they're female then they go through the same process that their mothers just have even not being a mother of a human who who I've birthed you know even without having that connection it destroys me mm-hmm. to see that bond and then to watch that mother suffer as their baby is taken and to watch that baby suffer as they don't know where their mother is gone. Right. I've talked to enough people who are vegan and parents and who have had that moment. And, and for anyone who would like to hear from a parent directly, you know, please check out my interview with Brigitte Jem and with author MC Ronan, as well as with Adam Sobel, where they all talk about that moment when their baby, their baby was born and they made that connection of what if someone took my baby?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, from, from MC Ronan and, and Brigitte Jem's perspective, what if they took my baby and then took my milk and used my body to, to feed another species? And then from Adam's perspective, the thought of, Yes, the baby being taken, but also the suffering his wife would endure because mm-hmm. she was producing milk and, and this connection that we all feel. And it doesn't matter that cows and, and goats and, and pigs and chickens and, and all of them don't use the words we use, mm-hmm. but we see anguish in their faces and we hear the pain yeah.
1: in their cries Anybody who even has a dog, you know, you know when your dog's happy or when your dog's not happy, right? You know, like, yeah. and they don't—they're not using words, but you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the
1: same with cows, you know. And, yeah. yeah,
0: and you can watch videos from sanctuaries of the cows who have been rescued from those environments and to watch them play in the grass mm-hmm. you give them a ball and yeah. they like kick it around just like a dog does i think everybody and should have
1: to just meet a cow and spend some time with the cow i think it would change a lot of minds i think so those are wonderful they really They're are beautiful creatures <laughs> yeah
0: they are i i love them they uh you know this a story of a downed cow is what started my my vegetarian path and i think if i had taken the time to really understand the dairy industry back then like i think i i would have gone vegan sooner yeah um and you know i've i've talked about it too where i was you know i was i was young and trying to figure out myself and and i was dating and trying to just like who am i and how do i want to be in the world and who am i going to Take on the world with, mm-hmm. and and so I kind of let that get in the way, and I stayed vegetarian for a lot longer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But and sometimes I want to like kind of give myself a hard time about that, but then I think about how much easier it is for me to talk to someone who is struggling mm-hmm. and to kind of help them get through that because cheese is also super addictive, and yeah. I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and so it it isn't always easy. But anyway, back to the the Mother's Day thing. I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because you know, and not everyone has a a really beautiful relationship with their mother where they spend a Mother's Day and 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 just think about, "Oh, what if what if I hadn't been able to be with mm-hmm. my mom like most of my life?" And I mean, some people don't have that. Right. The point I guess I was making was kind of what we were just talking about, in that we can we know that these animals are suffering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like <clears throat> for what? Right. When you really think about what we do to them and the return on it
1: mm-hmm.
0: for a few moments of pleasure on your tongue, for people who enjoy eating it, right? I mean, right. like I I've said in in any time I've talked about my journey, like. I was not eating vegetables before I went vegetarian. I was no, eating <laughs> cheeseburgers like nobody's business and, and, you know, things like that means I, I thought, Oh, this is good. I like this and it's not a vegetable, so I'm going to eat it. <laughs> but, but now like, it's like, you can't unknow things. And I guess where I still have, I have compassion for and struggle with people who know the things and still do it anyway. Yeah. So I guess that's.
1: I guess I'm somewhere in between because I was sort of one of those people, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I don't really know how I can explain it, you know, Um, despite having the information, it just, it's still, at least for me, it took a little while to really click. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think it might've been a lack of sort of trying to see from their perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I think that might be what, finally did it you know like in the in the or even i mean you know in the instance you were just talking about you know with with the babies being you know taken from their mothers like you know i mean again i don't have you know my own children but i mean even even if someone came in and took a cat right (laughs) so i can't even imagine if it was you know if i was a mother and that was my child you know like I mean, I would be completely shattered yeah. by just even one of the cats being taken. So right. I can't even, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. what a mother would experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's important to remember, you know, there are mothers impacted, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. through that industry and, you know, and uh should remember them too on Mother's Day. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's, that's really beautiful. And mm. so let's, let's make sure we do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe for any listeners who aren't yet vegan, maybe consider that. Even if you have a complicated relationship with a mother in your life.
1: I think we all know that connection. Yeah. On some level. Yeah. Whether it's with a family member, a or friend, or I think everybody mm-hmm. has, I mean, most of us, I should say, you know, but... Yeah. um. Yeah, I don't think you have to be a mom or have a good relationship, you know, right, yeah. with your mom. I, I think I think we all know what it would be like to, to lose, have somebody really important taken from us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so maybe yeah. when you listen to this, if you feel so called, and I hope that you do, maybe start your vegan journey in honor of all of the mothers who are suffering in yeah. the food industry.
1: At the very least, maybe just read about it some more. Yeah, you know, like get start learning.
0: Yeah, uh, you can start your vegan journey by you know we all start somewhere, and sometimes you you do start where you you learn some things first. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I read that magazine, and I was a vegetarian immediately. Yeah, the
1: emotion kicked in for you right away. It for did. me, I had a I, I guess I was storing the information first. <laughs> maybe didn't want to accept that yet and, you know, had a lot of that. Well, you're very different than that way. You know, you are very much who you are and you, and you've always been like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I, I still wanted to hide, I think a little bit, you know, Um, and I wasn't ready to do it yet. But once the emotion kicked in, then then yeah, for sure. I, I think it's hard to ignore at that point.
0: And once I, once I did it, so, you know, the story, Just quickly, and you can listen on other episodes where I talk about it. But, you know, I I got this magazine in the mail. I had eaten Burger King for dinner. Mm -hmm. And I got this magazine in the mail, and I read it cover to cover. I Still don't know why it came to me. It was addressed to me. It was in my mailbox. I never filled out anything from PETA before that. But this magazine showed up because it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I read it, and that story of the down cow just hurt me so much. I was up sick that whole night, upset thinking about not just the meal I just had, but every meal I'd eaten before that. And, uh, I had no idea what I was going to eat the next day when I woke up. No idea. There were a couple of suggestions in the, in the magazine, but it wasn't anything I already had at home. Nobody in my house was vegetarian, let alone vegan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, So yeah, I just, I got up and the next day had to go buy some, I think I started off with, with, I started off with soy milk. I hated it. I found coconut milk. Now I'm back and I love soy. It's my absolute favorite. We keep a lot of oat milk in the house now, but I love soy milk.
1: (laughs) Would have been something if you started with hummus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't far down the list. (laughs) Hummus actually only came about probably like seven eight years into my vegan journey my vegetarian journey yeah Yeah. um but but yeah you know i was i was vegetarian and still eating cheese and i had no idea what to eat no idea what to cook i didn't know how to cook uh so so it was a lot of pasta because i could boil water Mm -hmm. for the most part um for the
1: listeners she's an amazing cook now (laughs) A lot of practice Yes. <laughs> a lot of learning and it shows <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah i was eating just you know well and i, I did i bought lots of books i mm-hmm. bought um i think the first one of the first books i bought was i think it was intro to veganism by brenda brenda davis who's a nutritionist and a registered mm-hmm. dietitian mm-hmm. Um and that kind of that was one of the first books that I read to f- figure out what, what the hell am I going to eat now? Right. Um, Everything that I ate, I can't have anymore. And, <clears throat> and then my language developed to be like everything I used to eat, I won't have anymore. Yeah. And so that's the approach now. Yeah. I choose um, not to. Exactly. Yep. Because mm-hmm. saying that you can't is so restrictive and it's also not true. Yeah. You can eat whatever you want. You just don't want to eat that because it's not in alignment with what you're doing right yeah (laughs) um but yeah so i i did the learning while going vegetarian Mm -hmm. and and i was lucky enough that you know i was young i still lived at home with my parents i didn't have a lot of bills so like i was able to replace a lot of the animal products I had in my life I I was you know my mom wasn't vegan yet so she took we wore the same size shoes she took a lot of my shoes I was able to donate stuff um handbags which I was never like a big like handbag person I didn't collect things like that um but I was able to find you know vegan versions and 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 that's the interesting thing is that from the very start Everything else in my life was vegan, Mm -hmm. except for the fucking cheese. Yeah, because I used products that were not tested on animals and didn't have any animal products in them. I always read labels, made sure of that. I never bought leather shoes again, never bought a leather handbag after that. Uh, You know, I would never have gone to the circus or SeaWorld or like everything else in my life. Yeah. was fully aligned with veganism except for the cheese.
1: This is a country that runs on cheese. It really so. does. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> they say it runs on Dunkin'. Yeah. I say nay-nay. Yeah. It runs on cheese.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I uh, before I went vegan, I, I was vegetarian, but it was definitely probably closer to a cheesetarian because that's basically, everything I ate still had cheese on it. Yeah. You know? um, oddly enough, that wasn't a big deal for me once I did go vegan. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, think. It would have been a bigger deal, but um, I guess when you're ready for it, you're ready for it. Yeah.
0: This has been fun. It has. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You got anything else?
1: I don't think so. I think uh, maybe I'll save some things for another episode in the future. (laughs) You know?
0: That sounds like a good plan. Come back
1: and do episode 100 with you.
0: Oh, there we go. I would love that. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it would be waiting a while, but... Not as long I could pop as in before. For 75. There we I know, go. There you yes. Though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these episodes going up every every week. I'll you see know. you next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but really, thank you. I know, like you said, the the commute here, all the way up the stairs, was yeah, was, was a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know we don't we don't do this yeah. a lot. We have all these conversations,
1: right? We just don't record. We them. don't record. <laughs> <them. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Basically, what you just heard is how we talk to each other. And yeah. All, so. yep.
0: yeah, yep, yeah. We do. We have these conversations, mm-hmm. and I love it. And I'm so yeah. thankful that we are on the same page that way, and that mm-hmm. we we get to have these conversations. And you know, we still challenge each other, though.
1: We do. For as much as we like everything exactly the same, pretty much, we we do still challenge each other. Yeah, you know, it's 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 good. Yeah, you know, and it's organic too. It doesn't right. Feel, which I mean, for me you know, is, is a difficult thing when you were talking before (laughs) about how you just jumped right into it. And and I was like, actually, that makes total sense now because you (laughs) are, just jump right into it kind of person. And I am absolutely, I need all the facts. I need a plan. I need everything (laughs) to be set up before I do something. So it makes sense.
0: That also explains. So listeners, uh, JP and I have been trying to, trying to eat more healthfully, less takeout uh we've been living on um on a lot of takeout over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, COVID um, did not did not help curb it, that. It
0: yeah. did not. It actually made it a lot easier because mm-hmm. all of these apps allow people to just leave food on your porch. You don't yeah. even have to interact with anyone from ordering it all the way to getting it to your door and uh DoorDash. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so it has uh, it's really made that so much easier and it makes it a lot easier to make excuses like, oh, well, I'm so busy with the podcast and like, I don't really have time to make dinner. But anyway, the point of the story is that this also speaks to how we are different that way, because Mm -hmm. you tell me constantly, I need a plan. Mm -hmm. Where's the meal plan of Mm -hmm. what I'm going to eat, breakfast, lunch and dinner for the next week. And I'm just like, I got it. We'll do it. and and so i just will make something and feel like i'm doing it and you're like we haven't even started yet what is this and even if if I, i i made food the whole week and it was stuff that we would have put on a meal plan if at the end of the week there hadn't been a meal plan you would still feel like we're still up in the air. When are we gonna start this? Yeah. And me, that's why I keep saying things like, but we're already doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't like to freestyle jam when I play guitar. I, I, I want I want to know how to play the song and I want to play the song. <laughs> I guess I'm like that in every area of my life a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: true, because you you're right. You don't just like Yeah, when you're noodling, there's still a like a purpose there's if I no sit thing like... to
1: write a song, then I then it's like I give myself permission to just riff and try mm. things. But if I go to hang out with some other musicians and they're like, Oh, just come and we'll play like a simple beat and you can just jam, I'll be like, No, thank you, that's too much pressure, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> like, even when I went to you know, I the, the I, I went for people listening, I went to uh like a, a guitar sort of uh week um thing where you know, you go and you stay over and you basically get immersed um, in music for like four days with all these really, you know, famous guitar players. um, And you had opportunities during the week to actually get up and jam with these guitarists. And I sat every single (laughs) one of them out (laughs) because I have just made peace with the fact that I am not at that point yet where that, where that level of uncertainty is okay. You know? <laughs> now, if they had said, rehearse this song, get up and play it with them, I would have done that in two seconds. It has nothing to do with being in front of people. It's, it's the combo of being in front of people and not knowing my plan. You yeah. know? um, so I'm, I'm discovering today that um, I apparently do this and everything in my life. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I didn't realize how much I am the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Where I love the idea of a plan, yeah. and I am so happy to sit down and like create a plan, write it out. I mean, look at the project plan I put together for us to declutter the house, right? Yeah. Oh, I was so happy to put that together. But I also don't want a plan at all. Right. You know, I like the idea of structure, and I hate the idea of structure. I want, I want structure. With all the freedom (laughs) that having no structure gives you. Yeah.
1: Anybody who's a fan (laughs) of The Office listening right now, if you have Ryan saying, uh, I want to be led, (laughs) but don't just like tell me what to do. That's pretty much what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So I will try to plan a little more Mm -hmm. so that you feel supported that way.
1: And I will try to be more spontaneous. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm thinking now I was like, God, the getting up on stage and jamming with them, that'd be the selling point for you. Oh my
0: god, yeah. For,
1: for me, that's the one on the itinerary <laughs> that I just cross out and go, Well, I guess I'm not going to that one.
0: <laughs> I by the way, I still had a
1: lot of fun at the camp. You know, and we you called it a camp, you know. Yeah. Um, and participated in other things, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those those were just too scary for me.
0: It's yeah. and you know, it's interesting because now I'm thinking about Toastmasters. My favorite part of Toastmasters is table topics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's even though it's a shorter period of time that I get to speak, they're asking me a question. I don't know what the question's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I have to answer it on the spot. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And they're even, you know, in the Toastmasters thing what you're supposed to be doing is you follow your pathway which is the education piece and each speech you you learn something about either how to write the, like the structure of a speech or you know how to write an inspiring speech or a persuasive one or a funny one and and there's like tons of just stuff to learn about being a good public speaker mm-hmm. and part of it is writing that speech rehearsing that speech and then giving it and getting feedback but there have been so many times where I sign up to give a speech. I don't do anything. I have an idea. Hmm, I'd like to talk about being vegan. Yeah, Toastmasters Club. My Toastmasters Club has heard a lot about being <laughs> vegan. But let's say I want to talk about being vegan.
1: And they make that joke, by the way. But. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we we talk about it a lot because it's a big part of who we are. Yeah, so.
0: absolutely. So. Like that's what if if you were to ask anybody who knows me, even like a little bit, mm-hmm. tell me one thing about Kimberly, that's it'll be she's yeah. vegan, and I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, and for me, honestly, it would be number two probably just besides music, but I've been playing music for 25, 30 years. You yeah. Know? So of course that's going to be number one. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I've only been vegan for a few years and that's already number two, yeah. that shows you, <laughs> you know, how big of a part of your personality it is. You yeah. Know?
0: But, uh, but so I'll, I'll think like, Oh, i want to talk about veganism and I'll have it in my head. I'll talk about, you know, some aspect of it. And then I never write the speech. But then I get up there the night that I'm scheduled to give the speech and something just comes out. Hmm. I essentially do a long table topic and I've cheated by knowing what the question was, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I live for that. And oh my God, the idea of being a musician oh, in another life, I you know, hope that the- I learn an instrument or learn how to sing because I don't, I don't think there's much else in life that would fill me more. Hmm than to be up on stage performing Mm. in front of a crowd
1: yeah and i mean the weird thing is you know i definitely have that a bit too you know uh, as much as i am shy the the um and a lot of musicians are shy um Mm off stage um and you know you've probably heard and it sounds like a cliche of people (laughs) saying like oh when i go out on stage you know it's just I become someone different and, mm-hmm. you know, I let down my guard and I'm just myself. And uh, I mean, I haven't done a lot of performing in my life, but I've done some and I get that a hundred percent because yeah. that is absolutely how it feels, mm-hmm. you know, terrified to get up on stage. And then once you're in your, in your element, you, you feel like you belong there Yeah, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. And it really does drop a lot of layers away. It's a pretty pretty trippy experience honestly yeah it's it's strange (laughs) um you know it's like everything slows down kind of Mm -hmm. and you're just in your moment yeah and uh yeah it 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 is addictive a little bit Mm -hmm. because i think that's what you you know i had uh, i played guitar for my nephew um a few years back for uh a, a concert he was doing and uh and the feeling of being on stage, you know, and it it had been a couple of years since I had done anything like that. And I think that's what really got me back into mm. really wanting to to spend more time with music again and stuff like is you forget how yeah. much you, you love that feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's weird to be a person who like, doesn't want that at all but also needs that yeah you know mm-hmm. it's like i get really jealous of you sometimes because <laughs> you love that you get a lot out of it and yeah. you want it uh-huh. you just want all it the all time. the time me it's it's a big thing every time i have to be in front of anybody doing it <laughs> yeah you know it 100 recharges me but it's terrifying all the way up until the moment yeah you know yeah <laughs> it's like getting on a roller coaster <laughs> all the time you know like you know it's probably gonna be fun but that climb up
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know is uh Can be a little daunting
0: (laughs) yeah you know i feel the same exact way with speaking giving Mm -hmm. talks even doing speeches at toastmasters i mean you see me when i come home yeah right it's like 45 minutes yeah i can't i i can't even calm down at first like i i just have so much i want to tell you about it uh but but yeah i when i'm up in front of people and, and i'm talking it's just what you said Something like it, everything just falls away. It's just like me and my audience. And I feel so tuned in mm-hmm. to the universe and to myself. I never feel more myself yeah. than when I am talking.
1: The sound effect of yep <laughs> <laughs> would be perfect for that feeling. Because that's what it feels like. Yeah, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's just so, it's so good. And I yeah. love, I love that it also is a way for me to be an activist mm-hmm. you know from my from a vegan perspective it allows me all these different ways to introduce people to what it means to be vegan and mm-hmm. how it feels to be vegan cuz you know me we this is another thing that you and i are always like kind of not always we're still working we're learning this about ourselves you always say things like, like uh, when when we're having like a conversation or mm-hmm. an argument that you you think this, I think this, right. you think that, and I always say I feel
1: right, yep. and, yeah, and and
0: like feel that's how I experience the world, yeah, and and so when I can, when I can show someone a feeling and like present it, what's going on outside?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just activity in the neighborhood, that's
0: all. <laughs> so easily right? distracted. Well, anyway, we've actually hit an hour and 12 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We could obviously do this for the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could.
0: And I, you know, I've really just enjoyed this entire conversation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because Did You Bring Hummus is... Uh, Uh, the purpose of the podcast, the mission of the podcast is to inspire people to go vegan through powerful stories and um, meaningful conversation. But I love that we didn't just talk about veganism, like we, we talked about us and each other, ourselves, and kind of, you know, a special thing to give for my 50th episode to give a little insight into more of who I am right. and, and yeah. how like my world kind of operates. And I, I always love that, you know, when I listen to other podcasts, because I do that now, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'd never listened to podcasts, but I listen to podcasts now. And and I love when you you kind of feel like you get to know the person a little bit yeah. better, yeah. more than just like the, the focus of the podcast, but to really tune in and just talk about life for a little bit. And I think
1: our conversation also speaks to, you know, the idea that veganism really does become a part of you in that, you know, everything that we did end up talking about still kind of branched from some of the core values and ideas that come from veganism. So that it's a, it's a really good example, you know, of, of Mm -hmm. how it really does, you know, affect everything in your life, even if it's not immediately obvious that it's from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Ah, so good. (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you, JP. Thank you. I love you. I love you. So there you have it. A little insight into my life and what goes on outside the podcast. If you're ever in the market for a vegan musician, by the way, reach out to JP on Instagram at music by JPW. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five star rating. And while you're there, why don't you leave a review? It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. Be sure to share these episodes with your friends. If you're finding something good here, they will too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did You Bring the Hummus, and visit my website, Did You Bring the for more information about me, updates on what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. Finally, I would love to hear from you. What do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered on a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email at didyoubringthehummus Here's to another 50. Thanks for listening.